Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. This is Mike Fader, and this is The Turning Point. Um, we have a guest today. Sometimes it seems, I think, um, when you look at uh, the Middle East, when you read stories about the Middle East, it like the, looks like the entire Middle East is in a state of permanent war. And there are so many different players involved. You have no idea sometimes who, who's doing what, why are they doing it. And we have a guest today to try to explain some of this to us, give us some of the history. Dr. Stephen Zunis. Hiya. Good to be with you. Thanks for being here. I'm going to introduce you to the listeners, and then uh, we will go to an article you wrote, and uh, from there we'll ask some questions. Is that okay? Be happy to. Okay. 
<clears throat> Dr. Stephen Zunis, who is with us today, is a professor of politics and international studies at the University of San Francisco, where he serves as a coordinator of the as coordinator of the program in the Middle Eastern Studies. He's a senior policy analyst, analyst for the Foreign Policy and Focus Project of the Institute for Policy Studies and an associate editor of Peace Review, a contributing editor of Tikkun. And he's made frequent visits to the Middle East and other conflict regions where he's met with top government officials, academics, journalists, and opposition leaders. Dr. Zunas is a contributor to the Huffington Post, Common Dreams, Truthout, Foreign Policy and Focus, and the Progressive Websites. And he is a frequent guest on NPR, PBS, the BBC, MSNBC, CNN, Voice of America, Al Jazeera, and other media outlets. And you wrote an article on April 7th, which is the day after Trump and his uh, generals, or I'm not sure who it is, Trump or the generals, sent 59 cruise missiles into Syria. And the, the, um, the headline in the article is, Why These Missile Strikes Won't Make Things Better for the Syrian People. And it was published in Yes Magazine, I think? Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to read the first uh, two paragraphs and then um, ask you some questions. Um, you say, there are serious questions as to whether Trump's bombing of the Syrian base has anything to do with protecting civilians. This is the base that he bombed that uh, presumably had uh, chemical weapons or where they uh, flew chemical weapons out to use. The U.S. bombing of Syria's Al-Shayrat air base has brought more death and destruction to that country and is unlikely to deter additional war crimes by the Syrian regime. It will not ease the suffering of the Syrian people. Then you say, but then it wasn't actually meant to. And what does that mean? Well, basically, strategically, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. I mean, the Syrians have had a number of their air bases damaged or destroyed or captured in the years of fighting. They've lost... Uh, close to 150,000 troops, uh, which is quite a number for a country that size. Uh, And the the United States, of course, doesn't want to throw the strategic balance off that much, because if they do, the um, armed opposition, which at this point uh, in the conflict is dominated by uh, hard-core Islamists, could uh, could threaten to seize power. And so this, I think, was was much more of a a symbolic act, and I think it was more for domestic consumption than, than anything else. Um, because, I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, the the, um, uh, the the talk on in the media you know, in the days following, indeed, uh, for, and, and for quite a, uh, more than a few days following, uh, was about uh, the about Syria, not about uh, the the uh, many scandals that mm-hmm. are uh, closing in on the Trump administration or the devastating uh, domestic. Um, uh, Policies, uh, his new his budget proposal, and 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 other other issues that affect ordinary Americans, as Andy Borowitz pointed out, uh, uh, cruise missiles have the ability to distract the media with pinpoint accuracy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I mean, he uh, he certainly needs to take. Uh, well, this is a time old uh, kind of um, you know age old uh, ploy of uh, leaders who are in trouble. They uh, start a war overseas, and certainly. Suddenly, a lot of people declare that they're patriotic heroes and they love them. This happened a little bit. He got a boost. Oh, oh, oh very, very much. I mean, uh, I mean, 
in, in, in certain ways, uh, the, the, the most disturbing aspect of all this was the way the uh, um, mainstream media uh, it had been uh, uh, quite critical of Trump on a, whole, on a number of levels suddenly started uh, declaring him uh, this uh, uh, great leader, and uh, he finally became, he was acting presidential by, uh, by engaging in this illegal act. And, and, uh, and, and, many, uh, and not only uh, were there Republicans who had uh, been very uh, critical of um, mm-hmm. Obama when he was considering uh, airstrikes in response to an uh, earlier uh, Syrian chemical weapons attack, but uh, you know, the, but but you know suddenly you know, you know we had Democrats as well uh, who were uh, jumping on on the bandwagon mm-hmm. and and the, the irony is irony is, is, is manifold I mean for one thing uh, the, that uh, Trump himself um, was one of those who was uh, insisting that Obama not bomb Syria right. uh, following the Al Ghouta attack in, in 2013, and even said uh, it would be a big mistake if he went ahead and did so with, uh, without the consent of, of Congress, as is required constitutionally. And indeed, uh, uh, Obama went to Congress, and and Congress failed to support him. Uh, that gave time for uh, what appeared appeared uh, at, at that point to be a. a um, uh, a good diplomatic uh, solution, but uh, again, it, it, it's quite quite ironic uh, that uh, uh, that you know the very people who who uh, helped prevent uh, Obama from uh, taking military action are now, in hindsight, calling him weak for not having done so. As uh, as as in contrast to the supposed strength mm-hmm. of uh, of uh, Trump. Who decided to ignore the Constitution and the United Nations Charter and other uh, legal requirements and go ahead and bomb anyway? Um, you also mentioned in your article here that um, this is, uh, you know, yet more hypocrisy or whatever word you want to use on a part of Trump because he's got a new proposed budget that would make major cuts to the programs that have provided some relief to Syrian refugees, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Let's just talk about the Syrian children and, and, and the like. I mean, indeed, I mean, it's horrifying to, uh, to, to see the, the bodies of the, of the, of the babies and, and you know, the, the you know, people who were, who were killed in this, in this horrific uh, um, uh, attack. Uh, but uh, let, let's remember that um, you know, Trump did not show any uh, sympathy for... Syrian babies and, and other Syrian refugees, and in his working so hard to ban any of them from entering the United States, mm-hmm. and in cutting the budget for um, uh, through USAID and, and other programs uh, to support uh, refugee relief elsewhere. Uh, nor has he shown much sympathy for the. Um, uh, you know the the <clears throat> the Syrian uh, babies and other children, other civilians who've been killed by U.S. Uh, airstrikes uh, in Syria and Iraq since he came to office. Indeed, it's been estimated that, that up to uh, close to a thousand civilians you know, have been uh, killed uh, through uh, U.S. Uh, airstrikes. In fact, just a couple of days ago, uh, Human Rights Watch came out with a report uh, that uh, uh, confirmed. Uh, that uh, it was the United States uh, made a direct hit uh, on a mosque in the um, mm-hmm. uh, town of Al-Jinnah, which is actually not that far uh, from um, Khan Sheikhoum, the, the target of the uh, chemical 
uh, weapons attack. Uh, they, they had a mosque where 300 civilians had gathered for, for, for a prayer. Um, at least uh, 40 uh, people were, were killed uh, when it was uh, attacked, including uh, the dropping of a 500-pound bomb. Well, um, I read an article, a headline of an article the other day, which I still have to read, saying, claiming the United States is the greatest terrorist threat in the world. But uh, I'm sure it looks that way on the ground to a lot of other people. You did mention just a little bit before when you were talking about uh, the fact that uh, there is, from your article, with no direct threat to the national security of the United States and with no congressional authorization, such use of force was illegal. Um, it's been a long time now that, uh, I mean, we've gotten very, very used in this country, unfortunately, to um, presidents fighting wars all over the place without any congressional um, approval. I mean, you could go all the way back to Johnson and Tonkin resolution, you know. Well, so, sure. I mean, the last time that Congress formally declared war was uh, right after Pearl Harbor, right. <laughs> back in 1941. But and, there have been cases where Congress has authorized uh, you know, the, 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 the use of force. Uh, in the invasion of Iraq and the um, in the Gulf War and and uh, other uh, other times, but um, and of course uh, following in 9/11, uh, but uh, you know, the the, um, uh, the you know the the I, and I, I would argue as quite a number of people have that our our, our bombing and of, of uh, ISIS and other uh, hardcore Islamist groups in in uh, in, in, in Syria uh, is a uh, is um, illegal uh, because the uh, 9-11 resolution only referred to al-Qaeda and those, uh, and, you know, those who are harboring them, you know, those who are directly responsible mm-hmm. for the attacks of, of 9-11, which uh, none of these uh, Syrian uh, groups uh, are, or Yemeni groups or Somali groups or <laughs> other uh, various uh, um, uh, you know, countries that we've been uh, bombing but he doesn't, in, he, uh, <clears throat> in recent years. Uh, but but I, I would argue that uh, uh, you know bombing a uh, the, the facilities of a an, uh, an independent nation state uh, you know, such as you know, the Syrian government uh, is particularly egregious in terms of uh, of um, on a legal basis uh, because uh, that you know, again when the United States is is, is going to um, um, you know, make war against a nation state, even if it's a it's a particular strike. This is something that uh, that uh, requires uh, debate and the 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 advice and consent of of of, of Congress, and it's not something that should be um, left in the hands of a president, especially just a single person, especially uh, somebody uh, as a. Impulsive and uh, uh, ignorant of international ignorant. affairs. Ignorant. Uh, you took it, Donald Trump. Took the word right out of my mouth. Ignorant. Yeah. Ignorant and impulsive. Uh, no idea of history. <laughs> no idea of what's going on in the world now. Um, you know, he recently, I mean, bomb happy though he is, you know, in the context of all this stuff, there have been many articles about how he has decided, and I'm sure he's decided this because he's lazy and doesn't know what's going on to leave more up to the generals, quote-unquote, mm. right? Now, this is, uh, I mean, this just appalls me when you think about, go back to Harry Truman and MacArthur and the, the whole idea of the republic and the democracy, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is very, very important. I mean, uh, there's a reason that we have you know, civilian control uh, over the armed forces. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I, I could certainly... See if we if if there was a you know, in, in a, a full scale 
war you know, situation, you know, where um, uh, you know, of uh, where the you know, national security of the United States was indeed at, at threat. That uh, you know, it would you know, a president might want to uh, you know give. Um, the the uh, in generals uh, the leeway to to make certain decisions that, as they see fit, but right. and in, in a situation like this, um, where it where it is not just a is not a, a, a traditional uh, military uh, conflict, but it, it involves a, a whole set of other other issues, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, political, uh, economic, cultural, uh, religious, uh, otherwise. You know, to to leave the hands just in 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 and 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 generals, particularly the more hawkish generals who like to use uh, their their weapons as as much as possible, uh, that that can that can be a big problem. And 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 though I was often willing to criticize uh, President Obama in in some of his uh, decisions mm-hmm. uh, in that part of the world, at, at least he he put a degree of a restraint. On the military, that he did not just rely on the generals, but he also relied on on the State Department, on the intelligence agencies, on uh, on the international organizations, on U.S. allies, and uh, was and and at least he, he had some sense of nuance. Well, here's uh, about, here's and, uh, some appreciation of the complexity of that part of the world, right. and didn't just take this attitude, which with that we just need to bomb them. Well, and here's Trump uh, doing exactly the opposite. He's uh, you know practically eviscerated the State Department. Um, you know, he's criticized the intelligence uh, services. I mean, he's done absolutely almost the opposite. And people blamed Obama for micromanaging. This is the opposite extreme. It's I think uh, it makes me more afraid than almost anything that he's left so much up to generals. In these uh, quote-unquote wars, uh, which aren't really defin- defined as wars according to the United States Constitution, you know, and and accepted practice. Uh, I mean, how did Obama handle uh, many of these situations uh, that was different than uh, Trump? Well, for, for one thing, um, he recognized that um, uh, uh, airstrikes uh, against uh, 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 Terrorist groups in crowded urban areas was a very risky uh, uh, proposition. Uh, that uh, you know the the chances of killing civilians uh, was was very high, and even putting aside the moral issues uh, around that, you know there's an awareness that uh, if you go and start kill, killing a lot of civilians, it just plays into the hands of the terrorists. That you will. For every terrorist you, know, you kill, you may end up creating uh, several more. It would play into their, um, you know, their their narrative uh, that this is a war between Islam and the West. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, look at these, uh, you know, you're, you're, look at these uh, powerful uh, imperialist countries which have invaded and killed our people since the Crusades, and here these Western powers, you know, come in and and uh, they're killing our, our our civilians now, and it's, it's played right into their. Um, Right into their 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 propaganda, and uh, you know there is also a, a sense that um, you know given the the uh, history of, of U.S. intervention in that area, uh, including the the invasion of Iraq, which Obama very much opposed, and Trump, uh, despite his claims to the contrary, supported, uh, that uh, these kinds of uh, that you know that was, that war was based on lies. Uh, that war destabilized the region. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it added to the great distrust that the uh, the uh, uh, international community uh, or, and you know, has towards the United States, particularly uh, those in the in the Middle East. And so, as a result, we needed to be particularly uh, cautious about 
uh, how we project our military force because um, you know even if we uh, um, even if we do it in a, a rather limited way even if it, if uh, if at least in the eyes of uh, uh, the White House, it was, you know, justifiable. You know, people are going to question that. Indeed, it's quite striking when it comes to Syria. I, I've been really amazed at, uh, even though I'm very much opposed to U.S. intervention there, whether it be bombing the Syrian government or uh, bombing, uh, you know, uh, various, uh, you know, rebel groups, extremist groups, uh, and others, you know, that there are elements of the left who who are actually um, yeah, have become a, virtually apologist for the Assad regime and and deny uh, his uh, um, his repression and exaggerate the U.S. role in the uh, anti-Assad uprising. Well, see, that's another we've thing. Become, to... we've, yeah, I'm we've sorry. Become so cynical and and and, and conspiratorial as a result of Iraq and other things that uh, you know that uh, you know there there's this this incredibly high level of of distrust and uh, and and I think. Uh, um, uh, Obama recognized that, which led him to be a little more cautious, whereas, of course, right. uh, Trump is the fulfilling the, the worst stereotypes of the United States and, and its, and its uh, imperialist role. Yes, he is, and creating even more terrorists every time he acts. Um, so um, when you, you say that we had no right to—we uh, to, uh, have no right in your article. You say we have no right to be punishing Syria. Now, first of all, let me ask you a question about left-wing people— uh, how can anybody possibly support, this is just an opinion, or maybe it's a statement, I can't imagine anybody supporting Assad's regime, which is uh, extraordinary in its, uh, in its brutality and has used chemical weapons. And, um, and maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about what Iran's connection and Russia's could, because sometimes when you read these articles or watch this stuff on TV, try to make sense of it, it just, you just lose, lose touch yeah. with the reality. I mean, yeah. what, what is Russia, why is Russia of all places. Why are they supporting one of the, well, you know, I mean, not to mention... What well, I mean, I mean, think, think of it this way. I mean, they, think of all the horrific regimes the United States supported in, in Latin America. Think of our... And the Middle East. And, the and Middle in Central and, and Central America and, 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 and the Caribbean. You know, and and uh, it, why? Because of the... Uh, we were protecting our so-called backyard, you know, from alleged, you know, Soviet uh, uh, penetration. Right. Now, the, the Soviet role in... Uh, uh, in, in Latin America, um, you know, in, in, in including the Caribbean and, and, and Central America, was actually quite minimal. It was it was uh, greatly exaggerated, but didn't, that didn't stop us from invading Grenada, you know, supporting these murderous regimes in El Salvador and Guatemala, supporting the, the contra terrorists in, in, in Nicaragua, et cetera, et cetera. And so, if you look at the Middle East, you know, geographically, that's the equivalent of, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, geographically, you know, with, with, to um, Central America, uh, <laughs> to, uh, uh, to, to Russia, and the U.S. role there really is huge. We really have many tens of thousands of troops in the area. We really have uh, uh, invaded and overthrown and been uh, been uh, very much involved, and so it's not surprising that Russia is is willing to support uh, its allied dictator and to lie about and cover up for its war crimes, just like we did for uh, our our uh, for the Contras and the Salvadoran Junta and death squads and, and that kind of thing. So in any ways, you know what what Russia is doing, as, as as bad as it is, is fundamentally no different than what the United States has done. It's like a mirror image. Indeed, look at some of the groups we support. I mean, the Saudi regime. I mean, they they they've killed 
thousands and thousands of civilians in in uh, uh, in, uh, in in Yemen and with, with U.S. ordinance and uh, you know with our giving and we give them a green light. And Israel killed has killed thousands of civilians in its bombings in in Gaza in recent years, and we have huge bipartisan majorities in Congress passing resolutions praising it and claiming that none of these atrocities are actually happening. It was all in supposedly legitimate self-defense and, and, and uh, to fight terrorism, the same language that you hear Russia and other apologists for Assad uh, 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 saying. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, this is no way justifying uh, what Russia is doing, but I just want to remind listeners uh, that uh, um, uh, the United States has, has engaged in very similar behavior regarding our allies. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Absolutely true. Let me reintroduce you to the audience. Uh, we're listening to Dr. Stephen Zunas, who is a professor of politics and international studies at the University of San Francisco, where he serves as coordinator of the program in Middle Eastern studies. Um, speaking of Saudi Arabia, um, what, is their, what is their involvement there? I mean, this thing that's going on in Syria, it just seems almost impossible to decipher sometimes. Who is fighting and who is supporting who there? It was very complicated. I mean, the initial uprising against Assad back in uh, 2011 uh, was a broad-based uh, pro-democracy uh, movement uh, against the, uh, the gross uh, economic injustice and corruption uh, of, the, uh, of, of the regime and, and, their, and their savage oppression. It included people from all sorts of different uh, you know, ethnic and uh, religious uh, communities uh, in that country, and it was uh, brutally suppressed. You know, thousands of unarmed uh, people uh, gunned down. Uh, the um, some uh, uh, some elements of the opposition, you know, took up arms, uh, but uh, there is never a single cohesive force. The so-called Free Syrian Army was consisted of literally hundreds of separate militia uh, with their own uh, particular agenda, and and thanks in large part to. Uh, the, the Saudis, Qataris, Turks, uh, other others uh, arming uh, various uh, um, uh, Islamist uh, factions. These, these hardline uh, Salafist uh, groups uh, ended up uh, becoming uh, uh, particularly powerful and, and influential to the point that now they uh, they represent the majority of the armed uh, opposition. And uh, some of these groups are, are, are extremists. They may not be ISIS, but they're pretty close. And uh, the, um, who, the who, Saudis uh, who, have been largely responsible for this, including recruiting foreign fighters to, to, to come in uh, and, and, and support them. Why, the, uh, why, and, why, are the, why are the Saudis supporting certain groups? I mean, may, is it just their general policy to support groups oh, yeah, yeah, that well, adhere to the... This is, uh, you know, the Saudis, uh, though they're considered an ally of the United States, are, are, are what, what would, uh, uh, if they were not allies of the United States, we'd be seen denouncing them as, uh, you know, as these um, Islamic you know, fundamentalists and extremists, and, and indeed as one, one of those brutal theocratic uh, uh, states in the, in the world, and they are quite happy to uh, support uh, like-minded groups. And they have never liked the secular uh, nationalists, uh, you know, such as the Baathists, you know, who have uh, ruled Syria for, for quite a few decades. Mm-hmm. So they are quite happy to try to get rid of, of Assad and to support armed groups that are, um, you know, closer to their theological and ideological agenda. Well, it was the Saudis who, uh, you know, before, way before 9-11, uh, sent uh, many of their not deliberately sent, but to, they raised uh, maybe the bulk of money that was sent to Osama bin Laden, and uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, very much, very much so. And and 
you know, one of the, the uh, major uh, issues that, uh, uh, unfortunately, because of um, uh, you know, the, the strategic and economic ties the United States has with uh, that uh, government, uh, we've not had the, the needed debate uh, that uh, we, we've needed in this um, in this country about uh, you know the the, the close uh, ties the United States uh, has w- with that regime. I mean the, these uh, hardline madrasas, Islamist uh, right. schools that the Saudis have set up, are, are are made possible because Saudi Arabia is so incredibly wealthy. Why are they wealthy? It has a lot to do with the fact that. Uh, we uh, we are still dependent on oil instead of alternative energy, uh, and the the and uh, the the weapons that they pass on, uh, you know, are of American made. And and you know, some people look and say, oh look the uh, look at the, the, these hardline Islamist groups have American weapons, therefore the United States must be supporting these uh, Islamist uh, terrorists. Um, in fact, you know, the United States has has not sent that much arms. To um, the two Syrian rebels, and mm-hmm. we've tried at least to 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 uh, those arms we have sent uh, to go to uh, the more moderate groups. But the fact is, is that uh, the Saudis, Qataris, and Turks um, are armed by the United States, and they have been passing them on to these hardline groups. And so, um, yeah, they're, yeah, so uh, you know, I remember directly. I, rem- I remember the original when the when the first uprising in. Egypt, you know, when people, you know, gathered together there and, uh, you know, the, the Arab Spring and all, they were using, uh, there was a, a picture, it was fairly well known at the time when it, when it was happening, the, uh, you know, the um, Egyptian government troops were using tear gas, among other things, and they were shooting people, but tear gas, the tear gas canister, canister rolled right in front of a camera, and it said very clearly on it, made in the USA. Oh yeah, okay, very much so. Very yeah. much so. The, the tear gas used by uh, these repressive Arab governments, as well as uh, Israeli occupation, um, uh, you know, forces, is of U.S. manufacture. And I should mention that actually hundreds of of Egyptians uh, were shot during those uh, and killed during those uh, uh, 18 days. And that was um, th- those were also uh, of U.S. manufacture. And, that, and that's and I'm glad glad you mentioned that because it, it gives me an opportunity to, to remind listeners that. Uh, you know, despite all that, uh, uh, President Bush's famous line about, oh, they hate us because they hate our freedoms. Oh, right. You know, the, the fact is, is that um, the most uh, people in that part of the world uh, don't uh, get to uh, uh, see American uh, freedom and democracy. They see made in USA on, uh, on, on tear gas canisters and bomb casings and, and others, which are, uh, uh, are uh, oppressing ordinary people, often those who are actually struggling for democracy. You also mentioned in your article that um, the United States has, uh, talk about hypocrisy, has a long history of uh, trying to undermine peaceful law-based efforts to eliminate chemical weapons. Can you go over that? Uh, very, very much so. The, the, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, back um, in the uh, 1990s, uh, the, in fact, uh, in fact uh, well into the following decade, the, uh, before the Syrian uprising. The Syrian government had joined other uh, governments, including pro-Western uh, governments like Jordan, mm-hmm. in, uh, in pushing for the establishment of a, a weapons of mass destruction free zone uh, for the entire Middle East. Uh, this had actually been codified by UN Security Council Resolution 687, which was the um, um, 
Iraqi disarmament resolution that uh, Iraq's alleged violations of, um, and so they really weren't, but their alleged violations right. of, uh, were used as the excuse for the U.S. invasion. Uh, the, uh, it basically said Iraq's uh, disarmament should be part of a broader region-wide uh, dis- disarmament regime. And the United States opposed that. Uh, uh, in fact, in, 2000, in, in late 2003, uh, uh, U.S. Congress nearly unanimously passed this uh, uh, draconian sanctions bill on Syria. And one of the provisions uh, was is that, you know, that, that these sanctions would be imposed unless... Syria unilaterally uh, got rid of its uh, chemical weapons, and the mm-hmm. Syrian government said, "Yeah, well, we we'll get rid of our chemical weapons, but uh, but uh, it, only if uh, uh, our neighbors, Israel, which which uh, has occupied uh, part of southwestern Syria since uh, 1967, uh, and Egypt, uh, which has actually used chemical weapons uh, back during the early 60s and their intervention in Yemen." Only if these countries will get rid of their chemical weapons as well. But the U.S. policy on, on chemical weapons, very similar to our, our, our nuclear policy, is that in, instead of supporting uh, you know, comprehensive disarmament regimes like nuclear weapons-free zones, chemical weapons-free zones, uh, or, or um, you know, comprehensive uh, abolition of, of such weapons, has generally been that of saying, oh, our, it's okay if our allies have these weapons, but if a, a government that we don't right. like has these weapons, uh, we can threaten war or bomb them or, or whatever else. Well, um, let me ask you this. Uh, do, do you think uh, since the United States supplies so many weapons to these regimes all over the world or has and still does, um, do they supply the chemical weapons? Does the United States have a chemical weapons program? Yeah, well, we, 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 we had one, and we have signed the, um, uh, the, the, the chemical uh, weapons uh, 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 treaty uh, that has banned it. We are, we are way behind uh, the, our required um, deadline for getting rid of them, but uh, is, is apparently in, in process. Uh, to my knowledge, the United States has never directly um, supplied chemical weapons to anybody, but we have, uh, but uh, we have provided the, the components. And here's a very interesting uh, story. You know, it was um, the, you know, the, another reason, justification for the uh, invasion of Iraq was about how Saddam Hussein had used chemical weapons against his own people uh, in reference to uh, the Halab massacre. Um, and and what's interesting is that the United States was providing uh, Saddam Hussein, this came out in congressional hearings in the uh, 1990s, the United States was actually providing the regime uh, with uh, taxpayer-subsidized pesticides and fertilizer and others, which we knew were being diverted to to create the raw uh, components of producing chemical weapons. We even had uh, sta- we even had U.S. personnel from the Defense Intelligence Agency in Baghdad downloading uh, U.S. satellite footage to enable the Iraqi army uh, to fire missiles into Iranian troop concentrations during their war with Iran, in the full knowledge uh, that uh, th- these included uh, chemical weapons, and, uh, and 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 even when the uh, uh, Saddam's forces uh, bombed this uh, Kurdish village, which was then uh, controlled by pro-Iranian uh, Kurdish militia. Uh, the U.S. tried to cover it up uh, by by falsely claiming that the Iranians uh, were were somehow responsible. Mm-hmm. So, 
the, the, the United, so even when it comes to Iraq, you know, the U.S. has been part and parcel of the, uh, the, the spread of this, uh, you know, these, these dangerous uh, uh, weapons, even though we haven't you know, supplied you know, weapons directly to anybody. Uh, once again, we're speaking to Dr. Stephen Zunas, uh, professor of politics and international studies at the University of San Francisco. Okay, with you, we take a very short break, and I have a couple of uh, questions which are sort of more general and philosophical I'd like you to answer, right? Be happy to. Okay, well, let's take a really short break, and then we'll be right back. This is Mike Fader with The Turning Point. We're back with uh, Dr. Stephen Zunas. Um, so um, part of your uh, career has been a dedication to nonviolent or peaceful solutions in various places in the world, especially, I suppose, in the Mideast. Uh, and in your article, though, you almost seem to be throwing up your hands about Syria, um, or maybe you're just talking about the United States' involvement. Has there ever been a, a time, in, to your knowledge, when uh, the United States military, some president or the Congress combined, ever used force in the Middle East, let's say in Somalia, when there was a famine and the food was being stolen, or someplace like that? Is there ever, was there ever a time, and is there a time, when the United States is justified for doing uh, some incursion or some support of some place? Mm-hmm. I'm not a strict pacifist, um, and you know, and I, I, I do I I, um, I, and I I don't object to you know this this idea of uh, responsibility to protect in theory. I mean, I think in the case of of, um, you know, of, of uh, you know, outright genocide or you know something to to, to that effect, where you know there's uh, you know, no uh, realistic uh, nonviolent alternative, I can I can certainly see how one can uh, can uh, make a case uh, for. Um, uh, you know, a targeted, a limited military intervention to to stop the slaughter, uh, but uh, I generally, you know, I, I I've been uh, pretty pretty skeptical of um, you know the, the 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 role the United States has played, and that we have often um, used uh, humanitarian grounds as cover uh, for uh, you know, far more you know, um, uh, dubious purposes. I mean, even in the case of uh, let's take the case for, of Libya, for example. I mean, there's no, no the, 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 I, I, I don't buy into this, to this, uh, to the kind of a left uh, anti-imperialist narrative that says, oh, you know, there's this popular socialist leader in the uh, United States and instigated regime change. Uh, that wasn't the case at all. He was very, uh, Gaddafi was very, very unpopular by the end of, of mm-hmm. his, his rule. He'd become increasingly uh, uh, capricious and, and not particularly uh, uh, pro- progressive, and, and, uh, and repression was, was very real. And the uprising, which was initially nonviolent, 
as in Syria, only the non, unlike Syria, where the nonviolent phase you know lasted six or eight months, it only lasted six or eight days, and 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 uh, Libya before people started taking up arms, and it was a, a popular uh, full-scale rebellion, and and the the idea was because uh, um, uh, Gaddafi was uh, you know killing a lot of civilians and threatened to kill a lot more, uh, that uh, there should be a no-fly zone to uh, protect the. Um, the population, uh, but you know, the, the, the couple of things went wrong. First of all, uh, you know, the, the the evidence that he was going to engage in a wholesale slaughter, uh, you know, didn't seem very strong. I mean, there were a number of towns that initially held by the rebels that uh, uh, Gaddafi recaptured, and while there are certain work, certainly some uh, 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 war crimes committed by uh, Libyan government forces, as there were by some of the rebel groups, uh, that this wholesale slaughter, uh, you know, never 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 really took place. Uh, you know, secondly, the uh, mandate by the uh, United Nations uh, Security uh, Council was to create a no-fly zone to protect civilians. Uh, and you know, if it had been limited to that, I, I think you know, one one you know could have seen it perhaps as justifiable. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, the United States and its NATO allies essentially became the air force. For the rebels and started bombing, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, not just Syrian troop, not not just Syrian air force. uh, Sorry, the Libyan air force, uh, but uh, Libyan troop concentrations, government buildings, including those that were not directly uh, militarily uh, related, Uh, and uh, and indeed it was this uh, overreach, uh, this um, going well, going well beyond uh, the mandate given to uh, NATO by the uh, UN Security Council. I think it's contributed to uh, Russia and China's um, abuse of their veto power uh, by blocking even these even quite reasonable and moderate um, <laughs> Security Council resolutions uh, in, in the ball, uh, regarding Syria, which did not uh, in, involve authorization of force uh, from the outside, because they got this, this message that, oh, if you give the uh, Americans an inch, they'll take a yard. So... Um, well, what about I, I, uh, what about a case and I, like? And I, I'm sorry. What about a case like Somalia? Go ahead. The, the case in Somalia. Well, you know, Somalia again. Again, it was a, I think another example of mission creep. Um, you know, the uh, uh, we, we were told this is to come in to uh, just to, to, to guard these um, um, uh, the distribution of, of, of food to starving uh, you know, people. Uh, now, what happened? Convoys that had been hijacked by right. some of these uh, armed militia group, but instead we ended up uh, 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 becoming yet another faction in uh, in Somalia's uh, you know uh, civil war, and uh, we got you know bogged down in this uh, bloody counterinsurgency uh, conflict. So again, the, 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 there's this tendency that. Uh, um, that when, when even if uh, uh, one could could justify a limited kind of intervention, it it, it goes it, it, it ends up escalating. Furthermore, uh, empirical studies have shown uh, that uh, that humanitarian intervention actually ends up increasing uh, the number of people killed, at least in the short run, uh, because the regime uh, that's doing the oppressing. Uh, Figures, okay, we have nothing to lose now, and they go all out and 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 engage in even greater slaughter. And the rebel groups will say, hey, we got these foreign powers that are back. We don't need to negotiate or compromise. Well, what do you and do? You, you, only, you, you can't just only empirical studies also show that the only time uh, they, 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 it only works uh, decreases the killing in the longer term if that intervention is neutral. That mm-hmm. is, you're not 
uh, taking uh, one side or the other, but are, are trying to intervene just to stop the fighting in, in both directions. Well, I, there are, there, the, to me, the, the situation in Somalia, I mean, you talk about mission creep and, uh, and it went overboard and it always seems to happen that way. Maybe that has to do with the way the military is uh, formed or built or trained uh, rather than, you know, uh, a lack of policy direction or something like that. But uh, you can't sometimes, you, you know, uh, you look at what happens in the world and you see the, the slaughter that's going on. I mean, forget about the United States hypocrisy in supporting all these regimes. Set that aside for a while. But uh, when you see that happening and you have a very powerful military and you have, let's say, supplies that you can bring to people or help you can bring to people, uh, as you say, it should be neutral. And when the United States uh, arrives with all the military support, it's suddenly not neutral. A place like Doctors Without Borders is perfectly neutral, right? But uh, originally, I think the UN was in Somalia, right? And they were trying to, uh, you know, negotiate peace as best they could and distribute the food. And, but they were attacked by some various groups of uh, of people, um, militias, or whoever they were, you know. And then the United States came in to support the UN troops. But you can't, sometimes you, you, you have feel this urge. I don't know what, I don't, who knows what goes on in Trump's mind, if anything, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes you say to yourself, you look at what's going on in some awful place, and you say, some mass starvation, or, and mm-hmm. people are stealing food, or people are preventing humanitarian aid, and you just want to say, well, look, we have the power, let's just go in and do something right. You know that feeling? Yeah, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm not against that, that, that in principle, but you know, the fact is, is that uh, military force is a very blunt instrument, and our armed forces, uh, though they're, they're, they're well-trained in, in, what they're, they're, in what they're trained to do, um, generally have not had that much training in terms of conflict resolution, in terms of these more uh, humanitarian uh, you know, kinds of, uh, 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 of gestures. There's a tendency to use uh, pretty, pretty uh, blunt uh, force, because you know their 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 mandate, understandably, is to protect uh, uh, American American lives. I mean, g- going back to Somalia, uh, you, you know, people uh, you know are familiar with the Black Hawk Down incident. Right. Uh, you know, Twenty nine uh, Marines were uh, were killed in, in in that that battle. What a lot of people uh, don't know is that in the um, effort to to uh, rescue the entrapped. Uh, uh, um, uh, a group of uh, American soldiers there. The U.S. Uh, ended up bombing this uh, crowded urban neighborhood with the, these huge apartment blocks, and and killed up to a thousand Somali civilians. I mean, this yeah. is uh, yeah, and and um, and this is this is a kind of and, and of course. Uh, you know, so it's always a case. Of, uh, it's always a question of overreaction, uh, like uh, overkill. Is the old phrase from Vietnam. Right. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and you know, the, the, but then it raises the question: How many, uh, how many uh, 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 civilians, or for that matter, uh, unwilling conscripts, um, is it uh, morally defensible to kill uh, in order to save uh, American American soldiers? And uh, but you know, generally, uh, you know, the, uh, like most militaries, the, the the rule of thumb is you do whatever you can to save your own own forces. Uh, but uh, again, even putting aside the moral and legal questions, uh, these are the kind of things that actually stir up more resentment. And remember that most of these countries we've been bombing in recent decades you know, have been the largely tribal societies, and there's a certain ethos of vendetta that if someone kills a family member, and remember the, you know, these, these are large extended families, um, you are duty bound to seek revenge. 
I mean, I keep thinking about Yemen, an uh, incident in Yemen where some al-Qaeda uh, uh, people had uh, taken over this group of villages, and they're throwing their weight around and trying to impose their very extreme reactionary interpretation of Islam. And, and a number of respected tribal leaders uh, got together and saying, hey, folks, you know, this is unacceptable. Let's work out some kind of, of, of deal. We, we, we don't trust the central government, and, and, and we don't like them either, but we don't like the way you're doing things. And there's, there's going to be this, this – they agreed to have this meeting. And – U.S. satellites saw, hey, these Al-Qaeda people and these other people are coming together right. uh, for, it looks like they're going to have a gathering, let's get them. We sent a drone in, a couple drones in, and killed some Al-Qaeda leaders, but also these respected tribal elders. And those entire tribes that were anti-Al-Qaeda then joined in with Al-Qaeda and, uh, and, 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 and became uh, important allies. I mean, so this is the kind of thing that happens, you know, when, when we, when we uh, you know, try to... Um, uh, you know, try to you know, use our, our superior uh, firepower on these countries where there are some, you know, where, again, things are, the, the, the local politics may be a lot more complicated than we think. Well, it always seems to be that way. Uh, two, two final questions. Um, uh, we went into Afghanistan uh, after 9-11, and um, we are still in Afghanistan. We've never really left Afghanistan. And um, what... What are we doing in Afghanistan now, and what do you think we should be doing? There's one question after that. I mean, it's interesting because I, I, um, I actually um, wrote uh, an, an op-ed for uh, USA Today in the immediate aftermath of 9-11 where I, I warned against uh, us getting involved, saying we could be there for many, many years embroiled in tribal conflicts, and then, and tragically, that's exactly what happened. Now, I, I would not object, you know, given the very real threat from 9-11 of, of you, know, a, you know, targeted paramilitary uh, operations, you know, the kind that ended up uh, killing uh, bin, bin Laden. Uh, but to, you know, to, to, to effect, effectively invade a country and, and uh, you know, send uh, over 100,000 troops in and, and get uh, bogged down in this tribal war, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, we, we got rid of al-Qaeda that was out of Afghanistan by December. You know, like, you know, barely six weeks um, well, then, uh, or eight yeah. weeks after the uh, U.S. Uh, first intervened. That fulfilled the mandate um, that Congress gave for military intervention, and yet here we are still fighting and the, and the 14 years later. And the Taliban is resurgent all over Afghanistan. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and the government we're supporting is, uh, is incredibly uh, uh, corrupt. And... Uh, and, and, and it's tied in with um, uh, 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 warlords and uh, uh, drug uh, uh, kingpins and, and all sorts of uh, unsavory uh, characters. And, uh, that, uh, um, and, and, and some people in the coalition are, may not be Taliban, but in, in terms of their uh, attitudes towards um, women and human rights, uh, they're just about as bad. So, um, yeah, I, I really, uh, I, 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 could, I could see, you know, perhaps, um, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, if we, if we, if we want to send, you know, if we want to have a handful of, um, of trainers uh, to help, you know, develop a, a more, you know, competent uh, and, uh, 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 and, and uh, you know, a tactically uh, proficient 
uh, and, and, and strategically thoughtful Afghan armed forces or something. I, I don't think that would be uh, too unreasonable. But, uh, you know, to continue prosecuting a war uh, in this uh, manner and to uh, continue to, you know, prop up a government uh, which has so, so little support, uh, it really doesn't make any, any sense to me uh, whatsoever. I think the main thing we need to do is, is to, push, to push economic uh, development, sustainable development of various kinds. And also, just this, this, we have this idea, and this is a problem with Yemen as well, this idea, oh, if we had a strong central government, um, then, um, then, then we would have you know, less of this kind of uh, a failed state and, and armed rebellion and that kind of thing. But remember, in a lot of these mountainous tribal regions, they don't want a strong central government. That's part of the problem. They want to be left alone. And if the only group that's resisting the strong central government, especially one that is seen to be a puppet of a foreign Western imperialist power, yeah, they're going to support a Taliban-type resistance uh, if, if that's the only kind of resistance that, that's in the neighborhood. Well, let, so, let me, let uh, again, me... I, I think we, it shows once again this idea about the over-reliance on, 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 on military solutions to com- complex uh, social, cultural, political, and, and economic uh, problems. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just not working. Sure. So uh, one final question, actually two questions combined, and we only have a few minutes left. First of all, what about ISIS? I mean, what is there to be done? What, what should we do uh, when it comes to ISIS, who are just mad dogs <laughs> out of control? And, and should we be any place at all in the Middle East or just out entirely? I mean, the first, I mean, first of all, just to remind listeners that ISIS is the direct outgrowth of the U.S. invasion of Iraq. The political and military leadership of ISIS, including those in Syria, are Iraqis. These are people who were radicalized as prisoners uh, in Abu Ghraib and other American detention facilities, uh, people, many of whom were secular or, or, or moderate in their uh, uh, outlook, who embraced this extremist uh, of uh, 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 distortion, the cult-like distortion of, of Islam, um, you know, as a du- uh, direct result of, of, of their suffering uh, that, that came as a result of this uh, of the U.S. invasion and occupation and counterinsurgency war. Um, so you know, it's hard to hard to think about you know what can be uh, be be done at this point. I mean, I think both, but uh, the. Um, and then obviously intelligence interdiction, you know, that kind of thing to, to, to try to try to prevent any attacks in the West. And that kind of thing is certainly uh, certainly important. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the problem is, I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't theory think of a number of, uh, of um, you know, very you know, limited um, kinds of, um, of actions that could be could be taken to, to, to challenge the threat. But, you know, my, my fear is that. Uh, Again, uh, when, when the United States takes charge, it's, it's always overkill. <laughs> it always ends up making things worse. I would note, however, that the one force that has really been successful against ISIS you know, has been the, uh, um, the, 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 the Kurdish militia and some of those allied groups uh, that are, are about, the, about the only one, few, one of the few groups in the region uh, that do have a popular uh, mass base. And again, you know, the, so, the YPG, they, 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 have, they have their issues too, but by and large, you know, if someone's going to, uh, anybody, the, any, the only groups I think are capable of defeating groups like ISIS are those that have popular support, not a corrupt, repressive government, not a foreign uh, power with a big uh, air force, uh, not other extremist groups, uh, but the ones who actually have uh, some credibility uh, with the population itself. 
Well, thanks. I mean, it's, uh, you've been on for a while, and you explained a hell of a lot. And um, <clears throat> it is a complex situation that's putting it very mildly. And uh, it seems to me that uh, you know, whatever absolutely broad-based popular support uh, supported groups are available that maybe we should aid. But certainly our military needs to be not in that area in hardly any way at all. That It just seems to always throw things off and you know, uh, make things even worse. Okay, Dr. Steven Zunis has been our guest. Uh, where can people reach you or read more of your articles? Uh, you can uh, check out my website at uh, www.stevenzunis.org. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-Z-U-N-E-S dot org. Okay, thank you very much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Okay, uh, this is Mike Fader. Thanks for listening. And uh, will we ever understand what goes on in there? Seems to me the best... Uh, Best thing to do is just um, probably just stay out and let them uh, resolve their uh, their issues. Um, but it gets complicated, and you have these humanitarian impulses. It needs to be handled in the most diplomatic and the most intelligent way. And look who is the president. Okay, see you next week. Shins. <laughs> <laughs>